And basically what they're doing is, is this person worth a call? But it's a brilliant follow-up procedure. And what happens is many people who perhaps were signing up for a 97 quid five-day challenge or you know, $97 private podcast end up becoming $20,000, $30,000, $40,000 clients purely because of this follow-up process. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast with Joel and Andy, and we're talking about the power of following up in sales and marketing. Andy, this is one of my pet peeves. Let's fucking go. Let's have it. One of them. Well, yeah. One of many, some might <laughs> yeah. say. What's it? They're not pet peeves anymore. They're just full bore peeves. <laughs> so, and there's too many to count. Yeah. But I am. Um, Rude people. There uh, we go. There's one. Well, I heard that too. But I mean, we've got some really successful clients now. It, like, we've got a client who at the weekend did a 23 times return on in ad spend webinar which is just fucking ridiculous. So, I, so, so, um, you'll explain to the readers, to the readers, to the listeners, why that's so good and what the kind of average is. Yeah. So like stuff. average ROAS or return on ad spend is like three and a half, four. Um, so for every pound you spend, you'd get four quid back. Now in this instance, for every pound he spent on advertising, he's got 23 quid back. Fucking so, up. Factoring that he spent two grand on advertising lets you know quite awesome. how well his webinar went. Awesome. Now, the reason I mention that is we had a debrief yesterday, which is something we do with some of our clients, and discovered there was £93,000 left on the table. Because his sales team hadn't done as good a job as perhaps they should have done. Please tell me they just ring up people and leave one voicemail or something. Is that what you No, mean? no. I mean, it's it's to do it's to do with the maths that basically you can judge the performance of the sales team based on their their stats. So there's three people in this sales team, uh, and they divvied the leads up evenly. Now, if everybody had performed as well as salesperson number one, the sales would have been ninety three thousand pound more uh, okay. than they were. And because of because they were just divvied up evenly, the leads there was no preference and no um, favorability. It's a fair assumption to say, well, your leads must have been as good as his leads. I mean, so what do they do that the other two didn't? Better at building rapport, better at follow up. So that's all been identified then. Yeah. So more, get, get more touch nice points. Yeah, more touch points. So WhatsApp DMs, more calls, voice notes, video notes. Just willing to go that little bit further with the follow-up. So basically, the, the corniest saying ever is the fortunes in the follow-up, but it turns out it's also the truest. Yeah. So we're talking about the difference between a webinar making someone 40 grand and making them 130 grand. I can't think of any uh, how many clients over the years we've gone to see when they were prospects, and they're talking about strategies for new customer acquisition, and we've inquired about their, the state of their current database. And again, I can't think of how many of them were sitting on thousands of thousands of contacts in their database, so thousands of thousands of pounds, and they never fucking contact them. Well, you sit. We're looking to get our windows and doors replaced at the moment at home. I have now. I've now contacted <laughs> ten. Ten companies. Ask me how many have got back to me. Okay, out of ten, I am. Um, let's go with my. 90 10 rules, the 80 20 rule. That's 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 old hat now. It's 90 okay. 10. So I'll say one. Correct. Yes. One 90 out. 10. Pareto's principle is now called Rouse principle. Right. Perfect. 
Okay, Andy and Joel's principal. <laughs> one, uh, fucking hell. Yeah, one out of ten. Not surprising, though, is it? And the other nine are probably moaning about how tough business is. Uh, even the one was like, oh, sorry, it's taken me a while to get back. I'm really busy. So what were you fucking meant to be? Fucking hell. I'm uh, just written the outline of a video script I'm going to do about people who are putting their prices up and their reason is basically my outgoings have gone up and it's all about the lack the sheer lack of empathy in some business people when it's like oh guess what my fucking outgoings have gone up you need, you need to give me a better reason for why your prices have gone up than just that you, the only reason you can ever put your prices up i think is well, obviously in line with inflation yep, get do, that get that just do it yearly in line with inflation yearly completely get that Otherwise, you need to provide more value. We had uh, we had someone come to us, a supplier, and basically say, because uh, he worked from home, because the price of energy had gone up, he was putting his prices up. By, I think it turned out like 45% or something. Well, don't get me fucking started and on it was my barber. Like, is, is there another reason? It's like, well, no, my, my, my electricity and gas gone up. Well, guess what, pal? Fucking some of ours. And I bet they've probably gone up more. we got a big office as well as our home. So um, no thank you. Yeah. And he seemed quite put out by that. Yeah, well, my barber's going to be put out when he never sees me again. Yeah. Wow. Do you want to explain what, how shocking this was? So I go to quite a, a nice barber shop, let's say. It's appointment only. You don't wait around, or supposedly you don't wait around. You get a coffee or a soft drink, um, a beer if it's the evening. And I always, I generally go every four weeks. I'm pretty much a short back and sides, and then I have it tapered into my beard. So I always pay for a haircut and beard trim, even though I look after my beard quite well generally. Um, and that's 30 quid. So it's it's not the low end of barbershop pricing anyway. You book in advance. And in fact, on my coaching, he now books people ahead of time. So I've got my next four or five appointments booked. So I just show up for the appointment based on a text message reminder. This last time all happened and at the end of it it was 45 quid so a 50 percent increase without warning and uh <laughs> i'm not going there again because it's just you can't do that to people who the fuck puts up their fees and only tells you after they've done the work i'm fucking not much i mean i think i just feel like he saw me come in like he just took the pricing sign down before i walked in so i'm just like what um yeah, definitely got to do a podcast on empathy. Um, so there we go. So so um, so following up. Follow-up. Yeah. So why? Yeah. So we've discussed why following up so important. Talk to me, Andy, about certainly c- calling people. It used to be called cold calls, but I don't really believe in cold calls anymore because you can warm people up in so many different ways. But what is people's biggest fear about following up leads? They're going to be seen as another fucking salesperson. They're pushy. They're annoying. Um, oh, maybe I don't like um, getting called myself, so I, I won't call too often. Um, my mum, fucking hell, my mum hates being called. So her car dealership, I've had to say to them, "Can you please stop calling my mum? Call me instead." And I've because I, it makes her anxious. Because straight away, what are they trying to sell me? And uh, and they email me a lot as well. Okay, mum, what do you mean a lot? Oh, at least once a month. It's like, fucking hell, they need to be emailing you more. Anyway, let's have a look at these emails. And these emails were, you know, definitely room for improvement, but they weren't just, 
sell, sell, sell. They were like, oh, this is happening, that's happening. We're here if you've got any. Yeah. So nice emails, really. But for my mum, too much. She wants to buy Shop something. Pastured. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a big British thing. And I've got to be honest, especially amongst the older demographics. Oh, my, that, my grandma, 3935, that's how she answers the phone because she's fucking old school. Fucking hell, still. 3935. And then, can I ask what this is regarding straight away? I'm like, Nan, I just want to come round. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody. I, I think, yeah. And, and to be honest, I think because the majority of salespeople, maybe 90%, are shit. So when they do follow up with phone calls or emails, it really is pushy, buy my stuff. Maybe they're on commission only, but we know very lots of very polite, switched on, successful commission only salespeople. Um, and so I think we're almost ingrained from birth to not trust salespeople. So when someone maybe, say, has attended a webinar but hasn't bought, you've got to follow them up. That can't just be like, I hope they don't answer. I hope they didn't answer. Oh, they haven't answered. Quick, leave a voice. Well, right, done. Yeah. You will not make a career in sales doing that. That is not I, following someone up. That's I got not to, serving them. i got to admit, until we, you and I have invested a significant sum in improving at this very thing. Um, and I did struggle with it. I did struggle with it before. But the flip for me was when I realized that someone's a good fit, they need what I do because it will help them, then I have a duty to follow them up until they tell me to fuck off. And now that's in my head. Following people up is probably my favorite thing to do. I even offer to do it for other people because I'm like almost cocky with it in the sense I'm like, I wish you'd let me have a go at that for you because I'll outperform your sales team. Why? Because I just fucking love it now. It, this generally happened to me in yes, yesterday. I was in a, a store in Birmingham within seconds. And I've got to be honest, generally speaking, the shops in the ballroom, they're pretty good. Someone will come and make sure you're okay quickly. Yeah. And I was looking at clothes. First salesperson comes up. I go, um, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. All right, okay. And off they went. Browsing around. Second guy comes in. What are you looking for today? Um, I, I, I'm looking for a summer jacket. And I generally was. And I ended up buying a summer jacket. The difference between just asking a proper powerful question rather than one that can be answered, uh, no, I'm fine, thanks. And most salespeople don't do that. And, are you and okay? You're, yes. You're, are you okay today? Yes. You need to be disarmed, right? Yeah. Like there, there's an element of... You're trying to sell me something. Back off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so don't ask me how I am because I know you don't give a shit. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's in fact, he's made you more defensive by asking that a poor question. Where if it was like, oh, lovely to see you, sir. Um, can I ask what it is you're looking for today? Fuck it out. You'll like, have to be quite a rude person not to... Give them an yeah, answer. and, and that, people have asked me that, and I've said, to be honest, I'm just browsing, but I'll give you a shout if I need anything. And mm. if, if if it happens that I'm in the Nike shop, guarantee I will be buying a pair of trainers. So <laughs> it's like I do actually go and ask for help. I, but it's that, yeah, it's that like... It's it's like you, well, you said disarming. Maybe that's a thing why a lot of people are shit at following up. Because unless you can disarm someone, Straight away, their default feeling again is going to be this person trying to, trying to sell me, they're trying to sell me. So I know they're trying to help you if, yeah, if you're yeah. a good fit. Like, if you've ever been to North Africa or Turkey, I go um, all the time to go to like one of the markets, the the tour reps will be say, say to you, expect to haggle. Mm. Now, to British people, that's incredibly uncomfortable because it's like, well, the price is the price, why would I haggle? And it's almost this sales conversation patter again. If you go into it with it's a game that the market stallholder expects to play, 
completely changes. So it's like, oh, how much for that leather bag? Usually they're leather bags or fake watches. Mm. Uh, how much for that leather bag? Let's just do pounds because I can't think of any. <laughs> lira. Dirhams? Lira sounds like no. a real thing. What's dirhams? Turkish lira, right? Um, no, lira's Portugal, isn't it? I no, that, that used to be the Spanish currency, Lira, didn't I think it? they're both. Obviously it's Euro Yeah, anyway, right. let's do pounds. It's 10 quid. That's more than I want to pay. Okay, so how much would you like to pay? Well, I'd like to pay two pounds. Well, it costs us five pounds to make, so there's no way I can sell it you for two pounds. And then you start mm. to build rapport. Just think of that the other way around. You're the storeholder. So when you're following someone up, oh, hi, it's Joel from Codebreak. Uh, you had a brochure, but you didn't show up for our Zoom call, so I'm not quite sure where we stand. Obviously, I'd be doing you a disservice not to be following up. I think we're a great fit. Let's talk about what needs to happen so we can do some business. Fuck it now. And then they go, well, i got to be honest. I went away and talked to my wife. It's more than I want to pay. Okay. Always is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is that. But okay, what did you want to pay? Oh, I can't tell you that because then you'll know my budget that's why i'm asking and then they laugh and then they say and then you say right okay well i can't do our platinum package for that but i can do our gold package for that um but as a sweetener because you've been honest with me how about we do a one-to-one -to, -one to get things started get you off on the right track um and i can hold that till the weekend so long as you pay in full so how do you have this conversation when you i know say you've left a voicemail and gone back to you because because following up most of it is down to persistence i i mean i've got ridiculous with it now to the point don't give away all our secrets obviously no if i do this to you deal with it uh, but like we we very nearly got an it supplier on board as a client it was back in two there was some stuff oh, that went on yeah. anyway he kept ignoring me kept ignoring me kept ignoring me and i wasn't taking the hint because it's my duty to serve him because i could help him so i sent him a video note saying hi x it feels like you're ignoring me. <laughs> um, it's my duty to serve you. We've discussed. We both agreed that I can definitely help you. Let me know what's going on and what needs to happen for us to do some business together. And then he did reply. To most people, that would be terrifying to go to that length. I find it fun because I'm weird. But And do you think part of it is because ultimately it's our livelihood? Is it different if you're... Doing it for someone else. An employee that's maybe earning a salary as well as commission. Because obviously commission only is like, well, well you I, got, I you, need to make this. You've got to ask yourself how hungry you are. Mm. Yeah. And is your hunger built on financials or purpose? Now, for me, having done a lot of work on this, it's all about purpose. That I can help six-figure businesses get to seven figures and beyond, and I should. So until they tell me to sod off, that's what I'm going to try and do. Oh, it's hard because even now, we know business owners who, you know, fuck the phone, they struggle with emails. Oh, no, but I emailed them last week. So fucking what? Either email them again or pick up the phone or WhatsApp or whatever. But it's like like with email newsletters, you know, oh, yeah, we sign up for our email newsletter. Firstly, why? Give me a reason. And then, okay, how often do you send your email newsletter? Oh, or when I remember. Or once every six weeks, once every – it's like, fuck And, like, hell. I'm – I'm pretty good on email. Like, if someone's name pops up that I should be reading, I will read it and reply. But I still probably only read one in 20 emails. The rest, I'm like, that's not important, Ben. That's not important, Ben. So you're not increasing your chances. It's like, e yeah, emails, email follow-up's okay. Phone is better. 
video note will help. Send a WhatsApp as well. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely a combination. Can't work for everyone, but find a way to make it work. You've got all these tools to say, and now we, we know there are diehard old school salespeople out there, for want of a better term, who are like, oh, it's phone, it's all the phone, it's all the phone. It's like, yeah, the phone is brilliant, but you can't ignore the fact there are other tools out there and some people will respond better to other tools. We know people who are like, yeah, don't bother emailing him, send him a DM on Instagram. So you've got a generation now of people, probably everybody under 30, who've never really had to have phone calls. Phone calls is not a thing for them. They do voice notes. They do video calls. They do video notes. They do DMs. But they've never really had to have phone calls. They've never had to have telephone interviews. They've never had to ring the gas man. It's all online. So have you seen Only Murders in the Building? No. Have you watched? Oh, so you and Han would love that. Yeah, okay. The Steve Martin thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a running joke between the whole thing is like these these three would-be sleuths trying to, so- trying to solve a murder. And you've got Steve Martin and Martin Short, who are both in their 70s now, I guess. Yeah. And then the third foil is Selena Gomez, yeah, who's obviously who's young and trendy. Yeah. So it's always this ongoing thing about how they use technology and like, you know, her phone rings and like, and she's like, who's fucking calling me? Don't they know how to use WhatsApp? And all those kind of jokes that, that goes all the way through. And it's just, so, but it's so true. Like my girls are like, well, who would they call and why? Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Now, obviously some old salespeople will again be thinking that's the end of the world as we know it. The person but, I spoke to today, it was a sales call, literally. She said, oh, I thought it'd be on Zoom. I was like, uh, well, you booked it. <laughs> right. And she's like, oh, I must have just been feeling sleepy at the time. And and she was like, oh, this is old school chatting to someone on the phone. So there are people out there where you have to – You, I'm not saying you should change your own mm-hmm. rules to fit everybody else, but you've got to play the odds. Mm-hmm. And if, if your marketplace number one method of communication is DM, and you're trying to email them, or number one method of communication is email, and you're trying to phone them, you're making it more difficult than it needs to be. Now, I'm not saying that when they become a client, you should do all the comms on their terms. That's very different. Mm. But in terms of disarming them, making them feel at home, helping them in the follow-up process to become a client, you still kind of got to do a little bit of it on their terms. You know what comes back to your question? How hungry are you? Like my oldest daughter... She's got, I think, I think you said like Hannah, maybe like thirteen hundred unread emails. That would bug the shit out of me. Now, considering how fucking fastidious bad he is, but she's like, you know, email is not important. If it's that important, people would like WhatsApp me or and well, yeah, now, like we would say, if it's yeah. that important, someone will ring. Yeah, exactly. And, and like one of the phone, one of the work phones we use, the voicemail says, you know, we don't check voicemails. If it's fucking important. <laughs> Basically, and in fact, like come and knock on the door. A salesperson we know and very much respect, they'd be like, "Yeah, if it's that important, people won't email me." He's they'll, got about fifty thousand. Yeah, they'll emails. they'll give they'll they'll ring me, and it's like, yeah. So it's a bit like absolutely, you don't just do whatever the potential clerk wants. But if you're hungry enough, you'll find a way to make it work. Because yeah, you can't just phone, not leave a voicemail. Phone that that's really fucking see, I, I, really annoying. I used to really struggle with people who had loads of unread WhatsApps. I'll be like, who has that? Oh, loads of people. Really? Yeah, loads oh, of no. unread WhatsApps. Fucking hell, no. And I was like, how do you, like, isn't that weird? They're like, well, if, and they literally say, if it's important, they'll show up. I'm like, fucking Nora. So it's like, bloody hell. There's a couple of groups I'll mute for a day on WhatsApp and then check in the evening. Uh, I found the archive folder now. 
So I've got everyone that I want to talk to on the front page. Right. And then everyone that I'll decide when I'm going to talk to them in my archive folder. So so you tell the archive who to put in the archive? Yeah, and then you can just go and look at the archive when you feel like it. So so if you were like, fucking hell, Andy WhatsApps me all the time, you could say to WhatsApp, when archive Andy WhatsApps, Andy. put it... Put yeah, it in the archive. Put all of this conversation in the archive. Fucking hell. And then I I'll check that. the archive when I feel like it. So I've got the people who, if you WhatsApp me, chances are, like say Hannah, my wife, if she WhatsApps me in the day. She goes to the archive. It's 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 either <laughs> it's gonna be one of three things. What's for tea? What something to moan about or something bad's happened. So she's on the front. If it's someone who likes to pick my brain a lot, but isn't necessarily just set up an auto reply. <laughs> Here's a link to my consultation. Go, go straight, in, go, go straight into the archive. But all those group chats now, because I think they can be so consuming. They're all in my archive, and I just choose when to dip in and out. Holly's having a sleepover tonight, right? Oh, God, there's her. Is this at least the holidays? Yeah, another week left. I That's know. It's long. Um, there's four of these kids, right, having a sleepover at this girl's house. Oh, not at your house. No, like, what's going no, on here? Fuck no. The girl's mum has created a WhatsApp group. For the parents. <laughs> so Emma's like, oh, for fuck's sake. So now this round-robin conversation started last night. Emma's phone, bing, 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 back. Oh, where do you live again? Oh, yes, and what time do your kids go to bed? And it's like, oh, my God, turn it off. I'm trying to watch Succession. It's like, oh, okay, hell, yeah. I was like, I think some, pe- some people, rightly or wrongly, they love groups. They'll have a Facebook group for this. They'll have a WhatsApp group for that. So yeah, created a, a brand-new WhatsApp group just for this one night sleepover? See, I, I've recently been put into a relatively small group of people from a community that I'm in to do with a meeting I've got tomorrow. And uh, every day they all message each other good morning, which is lovely. And to say what else? Literally, just out of kindness, they message each other good morning. And I had to take a moment and be like, bloody hell. American? No, it's, well, it's quite American. American it like in its they're right. british people but acting like americans they're not british people can't be but british people wouldn't just but move, like you know, yeah cynical jobs like fucking hell who's got time for this and then i was like actually that's probably really lovely that Don't people it. are sending a sincere Ever good, morning morning. good morning andy what's for breakfast <laughs> so, but weirdly someone else then because i was having a cynical moment reading this group then someone else messaged me saying how's your morning been dude what the hell's going on so, yeah, apparently some people are nice. Right, let's get back on it. Bloody hell. So. Definitely been in sales too long, I think, because my, my default is like, what do you want? So I guess like effective follow-up messages. What's an, I mean, I've used a few examples already, but what's an effective way to follow someone up without sounding like a pushy salesman? If you were to send me a DM now because you can't get in touch with me, what would you say? I'd probably be a bit cheeky, but it depends on what relationship you have with this person. I suppose. Aubergine emoji. Aubergine emoji. Where have you been? Uh, what have you been, you fucker? Uh, and it's nice. Now, after a webinar, there are certain people you can really resonate with in a webinar and you know. And that's part of the job hosting a webinar. Okay, if you've got 500 people on your webinar, it ain't a durable. Yeah. If you've got around 20 people. Yeah, absolutely love serving you tonight. Yeah. And there might be webinar. some people who'll chip in as a comment and, oh, he seems pretty cool. So, so obviously, read the room, as it were. But then um, to send a DM, People, I like having, uh, obviously, powerful questions. Not going to – we talk a lot about powerful questions. It's so important that, again, we can't get into too much depth because just giving all our secrets away. 
but asking questions that get the person to think and engage. Um, depending on what's going on so far, um, we love using Calendly. So I can get more stuff done on the phone, but rather than waste my life playing telephone tennis, hey, let's chat. Here's a link to book into me. So that could work quite well. In fact, the call I had this morning was, was through Calendly. Um, I'll then probably do a voice note. I'll do video note. I'll do email. I'll do a phone call. Um, and I suppose I could have something pinging up saying, oh, Andy, remember to do this today. Generally speaking, I just keep it all in my head. Um, and I roughly know when someone's due a call. So I, I'm, I'm not a fan of straight away doing it every day. And maybe that's just my own shitty thinking that I remember the old days of sales. You'd get a phone call a day off people. They think, wouldn't leave I a voicemail. They'd try again. And it's like, fucking leave me alone. It wholly depends on what expectations you set at the sales meeting. So if it's like, I'm going to send you a brochure tomorrow based on what we've discussed. We've already talked about the prices. So I'm going to follow you up after I've sent it. And I'm going to call you every day until we've got a decision. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Yes, yeah, so you're setting the expectations. Yeah. If it's... Let's say you haven't done the the warm up piece that well. Someone's asked for a quote and you've just fired them the brochure by email. To then ring them every day is weird. Yeah, I say I'll so so the the guy I spoke to today got the brochure now and I've got a follow up call with him booked for eleven o'clock in two days' time. Yeah. So that's been pre agreed. A lot of people say, Well, I'll send you my brochure and let me know what you think, for example. And then of course they don't let you know what they think because they're busy people, life gets in the way. And that's when you end up in the chase and you call and you call and you voice note and you call. And that just saps all joy out of life. So if you can nail things out, like on a webinar, obviously we like giving deadlines. We encourage our clients to give deadlines. So if you want this special offer, you need to do X by Y. If you don't, I still love to serve you and you pay me, but you don't get the bonuses or whatever mm. it might be. So there needs to be some kind of deadline. So if you said, I know the deadline's fucking Friday and it's Tuesday today then that gives you four days to reach out through DMs, through WhatsApp, through whatever you, you agreed. But I, I love DMing people. And I would say most of the good conversation I have, whether that's Zoom or phone call, start via DMing. Yeah. I, I've tried numerous times, especially in the past, the straight up calling someone up. And I just think, for me anyway, times have changed and that's just not how to approach a lot of people oh yeah even people you know not just in their 20s and 30s now there's plenty of people in their 40s and 50s who find a phone call quite intrusive particularly out of hours i would say if you so so the the spreadsheet you showed me this morning i think the 90 10 rule would apply you call 10 people they see a phone number they don't recognize come up and if one answers you, you you're probably doing okay yeah Everyone else will be like, I don't know who that is. They'll leave a voicemail if it's important. Yeah. And no one really, does it. Do, who leaves voicemails these days? They'll just try calling again. Yeah, yeah. No, cool. No, some top okay. tips in there. So I guess the main thing is if you're not, I mean, you talked about this. You saw my spreadsheet today. If you're not tracking this and measuring this, what's the risk? Yeah, the risk is you get lost. There was one guy, um, me and the team have followed up with him, I would say, pretty well, but not as well as we could have done. And that's my fault. Um, I have to balance those occasions up with my hatred of, not spreadsheets, what are we? 
That's why you have me, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but it's weighing up. So, so, so I'm well into Google Sheets now. Fucking love them compared to Excel. And I've got various things tracking in Google Sheets. But I don't want to. Sp- I don't get as excited by numbers as I should. Um, I don't want to spend much of my day looking at numbers. I'd rather – an old habit, I guess, from back in the day, I still like winging it a bit, and it's not advice I'd ever give to anyone, but I like that shit. I haven't called him for a couple of days. Right, I'm going to fucking send him an email now, or I'm going to pick up the phone, or I'm going to send him a video note. Um, almost a bit more ad hoc, but for people who aren't very good at following up, you should definitely have some kind of process, whether it's a checklist, whether it's a spreadsheet. You go, right, call him today, WhatsApp her tomorrow, and you go and you check it off. Because until you get that sort of that routine Flow. ingrained in you, and I've got to be honest, fucking 25 years of marketing now, it almost becomes doesn't come, second nature. It doesn't come natural to everyone else. I was just about to say that without sounding offensive. Don't let your ego get in the way of your business. Mm. So if, if your ego is saying, well, I like to fly by the seat of my pants. I like to be a bit of a wheeler dealer, which most entrepreneurs do at the, at the crux of it. That is not necessarily a sensible way to follow up. And unless you're very disciplined and you're weirdly one of the most, no, one, no, sorry, you're incredibly disciplined to the point that you're weird. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I'd agree with that. You do it naturally, but most people don't. So a lot of people say to us about how they've got so much on and they're stressed when actually they lack, stru- they lack structure and discipline. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're not able, you know, if it's the night before your webinar and you're still sat there thrashing out your slides, chances are your follow-up process is going to be shit because you just don't have the discipline and the structure to, to, to do it. And, 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 and they devote attention and time to that worrying so that, to that, oh, I've got a webinar and I'm stressing. Well, you're stressing, I bet, because you know deep down you haven't devoted enough time to getting your slides ready and preparing. So when someone, you know, quite a few people to me um, this week would be saying, oh, you're you worried, are you a bit nervous, you're worried about the marathon on Sunday. It's like, no, not at all. I'm ready. I'm ready. I was born ready, motherfucker. Why? Don't quite say that, but all right. Not David Goggins one day. But it's like, I'm not worried because I've done the work. Um, I've done. I've done the training. I've followed the plan. So no, I'm not worried. Does that mean I'll do an amazing time or even complete it on Sunday? Who Don't fucking know. knows? But no matter what happens, I know I've done the work. So I'm not going to worry about it. I've got other stuff to focus on. Stuff that's going to move me forward. And if making sales is, or you need to make more sales, how hungry are you to do it? If you're hungry for the result, but not the work. Fucking hire someone else who can do it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. There's nothing wrong to admit that. Uh, hey, shit, I, I'm, I'm shit at sales, and I don't want to devote time to learning how to get better. I'd rather pay someone commission only to do it who's better than me. Yeah. Happy days. That's a good, deci- that's a yeah, good leadership great decision. decision. But some business owners, we know. Won't let go. Yeah, they won't let go of anything. They do their books. They fucking do their sales. They do their marketing. It's like, well, no, no shit you burnt out. And they use shit anecdotes to justify it, like, there's no one better at selling my business than me. Well, that's just not true. That's, oh, that's just not true. Oh, I, like we can think of some people right now. I'm quite a good salesperson. Like I, I find it fun. I'm engaged with it. But there's loads of people out there better at selling than me, and that would be better at selling what I do than I am. It's just a. It's the value proposition. Those people might cost more than is palatable for us to. And, I th- yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there who. 
selling is quite a, I don't mean this derogatory, but quite a sort of manly, tough, historically, like the, you know, it was a man's kind of job. Obviously, everyone quickly realized that women are much better at selling than men. Yeah. But anyway. Um, <laughs> and so I know a lot of male business owners. Oh, I do the selling because I'm, I'm great at selling. I'm it's like, no, you're shit at selling. Your idea of selling is pinning someone into the corner of the room and talking at them. Yeah, you scaring them into purchase. But you, you think you are because you're a fucking big, tough business owner. Yeah, like, women are much better generally, and massive generalization, no offense, men, but asking empathetic questions. And empathetic questions are kind of the origin of powerful questions where it's like, so what features do you need for this to be a great decision for you? Women listen more. Ultimately, it's, yeah. It's, women are better than men at most things. And they're Sound not... like Jordan Peterson. They're not... Uh, they're not trying to win a dick-swinging contest. They're trying to sell the thing that the person needs where it can be... Particularly in um, like male-led environments, it can be like who's the number one salesman yeah. rather than who served the client the best. Especially when you have films like uh, like Wolf of Wall Street. Big fan of the film. Went to Jordan, not Jordan Peterson, Jordan Belfort speak on stage. Um, great, but it was so funny. So Emma and I went there, had a few drinks, and we were just in the bar in in the theatre before Jordan went on stage. And we're just looking at basically large sways of the audience. And they all had big watches. They're in their 20s, like shiny suits, geezer this, geezer that. And it, oh, it was so funny. And you've still got lots of that going on. Um, and what was the one before that? Was it not the boiler room? Was it that one? That other really big office sales film? I don't know. With um, Alec. Baldwin. Baldwin. Where he walks into the car sales room. Glenglany. Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Yeah, we've one. seen a clip of this in a sales yes. training, and, and he walks in and he's like, "You're a fucking pussy, basically." Yes, to the and sales there's team. another one I think called the Boiler Room. Giovanni Rabisi, is in it. Um, but yeah, it's basically all very blokey, and you're not a bloke business owner unless you can sell, and it's all that shit going on. And unless you're willing to empathise, ask the right questions, and listen to what someone wants. How the fuck will you know whether you can help them or not? Yeah. Because if you just want to take money off anyone and everyone, unless you're just selling some fucking widget, there'll be pain along the way. Yeah, and e even even trying to sell widgets, the copy on the website, whatever it is that's selling it, needs to empathise with the person that needs it, because if it's a widget, someone else is probably making it as well. True that. Fidget spinners. Right. And I guess, what kind of role does technology play in this because you know we we implement calendly reminders we implement warm-up funnels follow-up funnels how do you do this without becoming inhuman i guess um so i spoke to someone yesterday i think and they've got an automated communications funnel with people coming into their database and it's four years old and so straight away i know that she is sitting on gold because it's like Theresa May is having a tough time at the top. That's at the subject line of the first email. <laughs> I said, like, like, why? What's she up to now? Um, and, and yeah, it's like, so, so revisiting stuff like that. A lot of people, they'll build say an email funnel and then they won't look at it. For, oh, brilliant. That's my hard work done. Like the yellow pages. My ad's gone in the yellow pages. I don't need to do my marketing for a year now. Um, any funnels we've got running for ourselves or clients, we revisit at least once a fortnight. I was going to say, yeah, it's um, pretty bloody often. So use automation, but it should always be enhanced by human interaction. Depends on how big your team is. 
we've got a team so we can afford quite a few human touch points. If it's just you on your own, you might need to leverage automation more, but then you've got bloody PAs, VAs, Fiverr, people per hour. There's probably people out there who can have human interaction. And depending on what you're selling... I was trying to think of more more A's. um, Depending on what you're selling, there's probably an opportunity there for you to have more more personalization than your competitors, especially if you're high ticket. If you're high ticket, you probably can't rely on Infusionsoft to do all your follow-up for you. Have a follow-up sequence by all means, but speak to people. It doesn't feel high ticket if all of the follow-up is email. It just doesn't. I'd say that's still the majority, and I agree with you that it's wrong. So I, the, the thing I've seen more recently, so I, you know, I actively caught a lot of pro, high ticket programs because I just always want to better myself is what I do, and I and I apply for them to also funnel hack. So funnel hacking for those who aren't sad enough to do it is basically signing up to other people's funnels to figure out how they. It's called stealing, guys. <laughs> but like Frank Kern, um, you know, that kind of people, I sign up to their things because a lot of the freebies you get are amazing as well. But they very often, early in the funnel, there's some sort of questionnaire. And it will, the questionnaire is a sort the week from the chaff questionnaire every time. Uh, and they can be quite detailed too. Uh, and usually it'll be after they've given you something for free. Mm. So they give you something of quite good value. And then it's like, oh, would you mind filling in this short questionnaire? What did you think of the product? What did you think of this? How many employees have you got? Where in the world are you based? And it, and basically what they're doing is, is this person worth a call? But it's a brilliant follow-up procedure. And what happens is many people who perhaps were signing up for a 97 quid five-day challenge or you know $97 private podcast end up becoming... Twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand dollar clients purely because of this follow-up process. Yeah, but get asking questions, isn't it? And very few people do that. Obviously, Daniel Priest has got his score app thing now. Quizzes. Everyone loves doing that. Um, I got asked for a review for a restaurant that I went to yesterday. And to be blunt, it's still sat there. Might do it, might not. But they they're not offering me an incentive. Whereas a restaurant I went to two weeks ago were like, "We'll enter you into a prize draw to win a free well, a free meal." Hopefully, here you've learned your lesson that you should no longer go to that restaurant. It's nice I've told you before. It's not the eighties anymore. Uh, the kids love it. No. Yeah. Because we were going to go. We were going to. Go. You probably don't let them have five guys. We were going to go. Hmm. Never done a five guys. Not normal kids. Um, have they done? Holly must have done a five guys. Been to London enough times. Um, well, there's one next to the bullring. Yeah, I haven't done that. There's a Vietnamese street kitchen. Yeah, there's one of those in uh, Resorts World. I Hol- went, Holly I went on Thursday. Holly doesn't want to do that. It's really good. Is it? I'll take you. Maybe we'll just go without Holly. That'd be, yeah, it's fucking adults only. That'd be nice. Um, so, yeah, so asking questions, whether that's automated or not, brilliant. Um, we've seen funnels split into, God, you can take it to the nth degree. And so it does depend on what industry you're in and what goal you're in. So if you're low volume, high ticket, then the personal touch needs to come in there. Um, and, and when I say personal, I don't just mean recording a generic video that goes out via WhatsApp at some point. It's saying, hi, Bob, notice this happened today. And that, guess what? That requires a bit of effort. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't even need to be you who does the research. It could be someone on your team. But little things like that um, 
And I'd say probably the people who help me the most, the ones I look up to the most, they've all got that element of personalization. They, they make you feel valued. So if you're trying to warm someone up, again, shit phrase, but there we go. If you're trying to warm someone up, that personalization on top of the, the, the pre-laid funnel, the pre-laid automation could work one yeah. time. Shit, this person is directly reaching out just to me. That can go a long way in turning someone from cold to sold. Yeah, yeah. You'll be like, you might be listening now and doubting that, but some of the people that have reached out to me recently, you would not believe. They're like billionaires, billionaires reaching out to me because I'm in their funnel. So, and don't uh, say don't do it. Um, it can lose its appeal if you do it too often. And we talk a lot about positioning, but when you get something almost out of the blue that doesn't happen every day, fucking hell, that's that's magic. And that's why some it, it, it never ceases to amaze me that some people judge who's suitable to be in their funnel and who isn't, rather than just letting the automation do the hard work. So because Bob hasn't opened up your first 10 emails, don't assume that Bob's no good and bit chuck him out. The 11th email could be the one he does open and buys. And I'll tell you what you don't know about Bob is he's reading half of that email in his preview pane. So you can't make that assumption. Like people that don't open SMSs but read them read them on the front of their phone when it first flashes up. You just can't make that assumption. What's assumption, Joel? It's the mother of all fuck ups. Excellent. I need to that must be available as a gift somewhere. Well, Steven Seagal. It's it's the hen, the baddie henchman in Steven Seagal, who's right. um I know who it is. He's he's the baddie in Avatar. The the quite oh is he? Yeah, yeah. What did I read about him yesterday? He's like some th- big theatre actor or something. Yeah. So when he took the Avatar role, he wasn't that hench. And, uh, what does that mean? Fit like stacked. Yeah. So he decided to get on the weights, and then he was doing weights between takes, and they went over, and like his bench press was like two hundred seventy pounds or something, and they were just oh, like. No. 57-year-old man benching 270 pounds on set is Shit. some going. Yeah, no, it's him. Um, can't remember his name now. Awesome film, anyway. Yeah. So, I guess, in conclusion, I mean, we've done a lot. We've done a lot of takeaways here. There's a lot people could input from, from this one. But what's, what's the key thing when it comes to following up that we see most business owners get wrong? They don't have a structure. You know how much I hate structure. They don't have they don't have a process. So when you've got a structure and you've got a plan, this is my I'm doing a bloody webinar on Monday. This is my follow up plan, and whether that's in a bloody spreadsheet stuck on your wall, whatever. But right, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to call this person. If you're going to call that person, what is a rough script that you can work around? What are the questions you need to ask to find out whether you can help them or not? Um, then when am I going to send a WhatsApp voice note? Having some kind of plan that either you or someone better than you um, can do. And it's a case of you must always stay in front of that person until they say, no, thanks. So whether that's at some point tripping them into an email list, whatever it might be. But you know, we've, had, we've had clients and we've had customers become, sorry, we've had customers of clients um, come on board after like a year, after 18 months, after two years of being in someone's community. And it just happened to be the right time. Whereas most business owners, oh yeah, hasn't opened up my first 10 emails. Fuck him off. Yeah. And persistence. I guess like, yeah, exactly. Bear in mind that some people make objections just to test if you really care. 
And the, that's where persistence really matters. CPR, consistency, persistency, responsibility. Take those three things. Where, Bob's your uncle. Where can I... Where, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Bob's your auntie's living lover. Throw, there we go. That's throwing me. But what do people need to do if they if they want to talk more about this? Um, book a... Apply for a strategy session with us at Codebreak HQ or on Zoom. Simply visit codebreak.co.uk. Thanks for listening to the Stay Hungry podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Now, if you're looking to sort your marketing out, visit fixmymarketing.co.uk and get in touch today. Mm-hmm.